Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse with a link at top for online edition, you'll see the option to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also, at that website, you'll see a tab, Lesson Sign Up. There you can subscribe to receive an excellent daily email from the Course in Miracles Society that includes both the lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 8.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we are continuing our reading of Chapter 6, Attack and Fear, with Section 5, The Only Answer, Part B, to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 72. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. We'll pause at the top of the hour for reflection of this lesson, and we are asking for a volunteer to lead us. At that time, if you'll please give that some consideration, I think there's one unmuted line. Um, just going to... There you go. Um, by way of opening this morning, I found this great little piece uh, from Pierre Elias Amidon in his work called Flashes. And it goes like this. Impulse and desire, my two little donkeys, pulling the cart of my life. We've come a long way, but where we are always looks familiar. This morning, I unhitched them. They wandered off somewhere to eat clover, I imagine, or fatten up. (laughs) It's peaceful here. Maybe I'll stay a while. My two little donkeys, impulse and desire. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Alrighty, my friends. Thank you. Here's our reading list. Thank you. I thought that was a fun, fun little piece. Um, here's a reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Harrison, Charles, Donna, and Karen. And has anyone else joined us this morning that would like to be on the reading list or say good morning? Okay. All right. Well, let's get underway then. In Chapter 6, Attack and Fear, Section 5, the only answer, Part B, to have peace, teach peace to learn it. Paragraph 70. All the separated ones have a basic fear of retaliation and abandonment. This is because they believe in attack and rejection. So this is what they perceive and teach and learn. 
these insane concepts are clearly the result of their own dissociation and projection. What you teach you are, but it is quite apparent that you can teach wrongly and therefore teach yourselves wrong. Many thought that I was attacking them, even though it was quite apparent that I was not. An insane learner <laughs> learns strange lessons. Lemoyne. Chapter 6, Attack and Fear. Uh, section 5B, to, under the only answer. Section B, to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. All the separated ones have a basic fear of retaliation and abandonment. This is because they believe in attack and rejection. So this is what they perceive and teach and learn. These insane concepts are clearly the result of their own dissociation and projection. What you teach you are, but it is quite apparent that you can teach wrongly and therefore teach yourselves wrong. Many thought that I was attacking them, even though it was quite apparent that I was not. An insane learner learns strange lessons. Paragraph 71. What you must understand is what, what you must understand is that when you do not share a thought system, you are weakening it. Those who believe in it, therefore, perceive this as an attack on them. This is because everyone identifies himself with his thought system. And every thought system centers on what you believe you are. If the center of the thought system is true, only truth extends from it. But if a lie is at its center, only deception spreads. All good teachers realize that only fundamental change will last, but they do not begin at that level. Strengthening motivation for change is their first and foremost goal. It is also their last and final. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Harrison. Seventy-one, what you must understand is that when you do not share a thought system, you are weakening it. Those who believe in it, therefore, perceive this as an attack on them. This is because everyone identifies himself with his thought system, and every thought system centers on what you believe you are. If the center of the thought system is true, only truth extends from it. But if a lie is at its center, only deception proceeds from it. All good teachers realize that 
only fundamental change will last, but they do not begin at that level. Strengthening motivation for change is their first and foremost goal. It is also their last and final one. 72. Increasing motivation for change in the learner is all that a teacher needs do to guarantee change. This is because a change in motivation is a change of mind. And this will inevitably produce fundamental change because the mind is fundamental. The first step in the reversal or undoing process then is the undoing of the getting concept. Accordingly, the Holy Spirit's first lesson was to have, give all to all. We said that this is apt to increase conflict temporarily, and we can clarify this still further now. Thank you, Harrison. And Charles. Thank you. 72. Increasing motivation for change in the learner is all that a teacher need do to guarantee change. This is because change in motivation is a change of mind. And this will inevitably produce fundamental change because the mind is fundamental. The first step in the reversal or undoing process, then, is the undoing of the getting concept. According to the Holy Spirit's first lesson was, quote, to have, give all, to all, unquote. We said that this is apt to increase conflict temporarily, and we can clarify this still further now. At this point, the equality of having, or should say, quote, having, and, quote, being, is not yet perceived until it is having, with quotes, appears to have to be the opposite of, quote, being. Therefore, the first lesson seems to contain a contradiction since it is being learned by a conflicted mind. This means conflicting motivation. And so the lesson cannot be learned consistently as yet. Further, the the mind of the learner projects its own split and does not, not perceive consistent mind in others. 
make him suspicious of their motive, making him suspicious of their motivation. This is the real reason why, in many respects, the first lesson is the hardest to learn. Still strongly aware of the ego himself and responding primarily to the ego in others, he is being taught to react to both as if it what if as if what he does believe is not true. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. And Donna. Seventy-three. At this point, the equality of, quote, having, end quote, and, quote, being, end quote, is not yet perceived. Until it is, quote, having, end quote, appears to be the opposite of, quote, being, end quote. Therefore, the first lesson seems to contain a contradiction, since it is being learned by a conflicted mind. This means conflicting motivation, and so the lesson cannot be learned consistently as yet. Further, the mind of the learner projects its own split, and thus does not perceive consistent minds in others, making him suspicious of their motivation. This is the real reason why, in many respects, the trust, the first lesson, is the hardest to learn. Still strongly aware of the ego in himself and responding primarily to the ego in others, he is being taught to react to both as if they, as if what he does Believe is not true. 74. Upside down, as always, the ego perceives the first lesson as insane. In fact, this is its only alternative. Here, since the other one, which would be much less acceptable to it, would obviously be that it is insane. Uh, Upside down, as always, the ego perceives the first lesson as insane. In fact, this this is its only alternative here, since the other one, which would be much less acceptable to it, would obviously be that it is insane. The ego's judgment then is predetermined by what it is, though no more so than any other product of thought. The fundamental change will still occur with the change of mind in the thinker. Meanwhile, the increasing clarity of the Holy Spirit's voice makes it impossible for the learner not to listen. For a time, then, he is receiving conflicting messages and accepting both. This is the classic, quote, double bind, end quote, in communication. 
Thank you, Donna. And Karen. 74. Upside down, as always, the ego perceives the first lesson as insane. In fact, this is its only alternative here since the other one, which would be much less acceptable to it, would obviously be that it is insane. The ego's judgment then is predetermined by what it is, though no more so than in, is any other product of thought. Though no more so than in any other product of thought. The fundamental change will still occur with the change of mind in the thinker. Meanwhile, the increasing clarity of the Holy Spirit's voice makes it impossible for the learner not to listen. For a time then, he is receiving conflicting messages and accepting both. This is the classic quote-unquote double bind in communication. 75. The way out of conflict between two opposing thought systems is clearly to choose one and relinquish the other. If you identify with your thought system and you cannot escape this, and if you accept two thought systems which are in complete disagreement, peace of mind is impossible. If you teach both, which you will surely do as long as you accept both, you are teaching conflict and learning it. Yet you do want peace, or you would not have called upon the voice of peace, the voice for peace, to help you. His lesson is not insane. The conflict is. Thank you, Karen. And is there a new reader for 75 and 76? Where are we? I could do that. Thank you, Robin. Hi. Yeah, I was on the road. Otherwise, I would have spoken sooner when I was oh, driving. Oh, <laughs> good. Okay, so Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, 75, the way out of conflict between two opposing thought systems is clearly to choose one and relinquish the other. If you identify with your thought system, and you cannot escape this, if you accept two thought systems which are in complete disagreement, peace of mind is impossible. If you teach both, which you will surely do as long as you accept both, you are teaching conflict and learning it. Yet you do want peace or you would not have called upon the voice for peace to help you. His lesson is not insane. The conflict is 76. There can be no conflict between sanity and insanity. Only one is true, and therefore only one is real. The ego tries to persuade you that it is up to you to decide which voice is true. But the Holy Spirit teaches you that truth was created by God, and your decision cannot change it. As you begin to realize the quiet power of the Holy Spirit's voice and its perfect consistency, it must dawn on your mind that you are trying to undo a decision which was made irrevocably for you. 
That is why we suggested before that there was help in reminding yourselves to allow the Holy Spirit to decide for God for you. Thank you, Robin Marie. And is there a new reader for 76, 77, and 78? This is Sandra. Oh, go ahead, Sandra. Uh, Sandra and Lana, thank you. There can be no conflict between sanity and insanity. Only one is true, and therefore one is real. The ego tries to persuade you that it is up to you to decide which voice is true. But the Holy Spirit teaches you that truth was created by God, and your decision cannot change it. As you begin to realize the quiet power of the Holy Spirit's voice and its perfect consistency, It must dawn on your mind that you are trying to undo a decision which was made irrevocably for you. That is why we suggested before that there was help in reminding yourselves to allow the Holy Spirit to decide for God for you. 77. You are not asked to make insane decisions, although you are free to think you are. It must, however, be insane to believe that it is up to you to decide what God's creations are. The Holy Spirit perceives the conflict exactly as it is. Therefore, his second lesson is to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. Thank you, Sandra. And Lana, if you'd like to do 77, 78, and 79, please. Okay. You are not asked to make insane decisions, although you are free to think you are. It must, however, be insane to believe that it is up to you to decide what God's creations are. The Holy Spirit perceives this conflict exactly as it is. Therefore, his second lesson is to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. 79. This is still a preliminary step since having and being are still not equated. It is, however, more advanced than the first step, which is really only a thought reversal. The second step is a positive affirmation of what you want. This, then, is a step in the direction out of conflict, since it means that alternatives have been considered and one has been chosen as more desirable. Thank you, Lana. And is there another new reader for 79 and 80? We're in Chapter 6. Do I hear you, Judy? Okay, back to you, Lemoyne. 
Lemoyne, are you on mute? No, okay. I'm sorry. I'm going back and forth. I'm trying to make sure I know missing a few words. Okay. okay. I'm going to go back to the end of 77. Therefore, okay. the Holy Spirit's second lesson is to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. This is still a preliminary step since having and being are still not equated. It is, however, more advanced than the first step, which is really only a thought reversal. The second step is a positive affirmation of what you want. This, then, is a step in the direction out of conflict since it means that alternatives have been considered and one has been chosen as more desirable. Nevertheless, the evaluation, quote, more desirable, unquote, still implies that the desirable has degrees. Therefore, although this step is essential for the ultimate decision, it is clearly not the final one. It is clear at this point that the lack of order of difficulty in miracles has not yet been accepted because nothing is difficult that is wholly desired. To desire wholly is to create, and creating cannot be difficult if God himself created you as a creator. The second step, then, is still perceptual, although it is a giant step toward the unified perception which parallels God's knowing. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Harrison. Back one sentence in the 789. This, then, is a step in the direction out of conflict as it means that alternatives have been considered and one has been chosen as more desirable. Nevertheless, the evaluation more desirable still implies that the desirable has degrees. Therefore, although this step is essential for the ultimate decision, it is clearly not the final one. It is clear at this point that the lack of order of difficulty in miracles has not yet been accepted because nothing is difficult that is wholly desired. To desire wholly is to create, and creating cannot be difficult. If God created, if God himself created you as a creator, the 
To desire holy is to create, and creating cannot be difficult if God himself created you as a creator. The second step then is still perceptual, although it is a giant step toward the unified perception which parallels God's knowing. Is that it, Lloyd? Well, I think you were going to read 81, too. Okay. I thought so. As you take this step and hold this direction, you will be pushing toward the center of your thought system where the fundamental change will occur. You are only beginning this step now, but you have started on this way by realizing that only one way is possible. You do not yet realize this consistently, and so your progress is intermittent. But the second step is easier than the first because it follows. The very fact that you have accepted that is a demonstration of your growing awareness that the Holy Spirit will lead you on. Thank you, Harrison uh, and Charles. Thank you. The last sentence in paragraph 80. The second step, then, is perceptual. Although it is a giant step toward the unified perception, which parallels God's knowing. 81. As you take this step and hold this direction, you will be pushing toward the center of your thought system, where the fundamental change will occur. You are only beginning this step now. But you have started on this way by realizing that the only way it, that, I'm sorry, but you have started on this way by realizing that only one way is possible. You do not yet realize this consistently. And so your progress is intermediated. But the second step is easier than the first because it follows. The fact that you have accepted that this is a demonstration of your growing awareness that the Holy Spirit will lead you on. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. And th- or Charles, I'm sorry. And thank you, Harrison, and everyone who read this morning. Uh, this very fundamental section on to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. 
And I considered um, making an attempt to summarize this one, but it has so many revelatory uh, realizations that it seems to me a better way might be um, in our dialogue after the top of the hour uh, for each one to select a paragraph that seems most meaningful in their experience and highlight it as we share rather than to try and uh, pick it apart. So if we can um, concur on that, and if everyone would please give some thought to leaving our reflection at the top of the hour on today's Lesson 72, um, let me just say the floor is open for a few minutes, okay? Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lori. I'd like to share by me, Charles, here. Um, the lesson of a conflicted mind being that of a body mind and that of the Christ mind. And this is the turning towards the Christ mind, turning toward a different system of realization. And I can appreciate the idea uh, of the conflict acceptance between the two messages that we give and receive with each other when we hold both of these different minds within us in our growth. With that, I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Charles. Great thank highlight you, Charles. out of conflict. Thank you, I think uh, in 71, when it says every thought system centers on what you believe you are, so fundamental to this whole um, book, really, to our changing, to be able to um, really hear the Holy Spirit and open ourselves to just love. Thank you. Oh, thank you for that, Robin Marie. I love that one too. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie, and thank you, Charles, too. Uh, Mrs. Lana, I uh, I'm sort of um, I, drawn towards paragraph 71 as well. Um, for well, I'll just begin. Uh, as an example, an analogy is when someone calls me who is suffering, having some type of pain, emotional, physical, um, and they want to share about it, uh, their motivation, um, if they're coming, obviously, if they're coming from the ego thought system and they share that story with me, it strengthens uh, within them. Um, so usually, if not always, when uh, we begin to have a dialogue, 
the first thing I'll say or I'll ask of them is what is your motivation for sharing? Because the ego's motivation, in my experience, is always to validate itself. And a lot of times, you know, that's, you know, I remember early on in my training, I had two lists of friends. One I could call that would validate my experience. Oh, you poor suffering thing. I I'm feel so, so bad for you. And the other group I knew would tell me the truth. So depending on what my motivation was, I was, um, uh, you know, asking. So I I just share with them that if you're mo- if telling me your story, and I'll listen to anybody's story. I listen to my own enough, that's for sure. Um, is is if your motivation is to heal, that's great. I'm all in. Let's join together and heal. But if your motivation is to validate your story, then I you know I really can't help you. You know so. Um, because in this paragraph, you know, it, it says what you must understand is that when you do not share a thought system, you are weakening it. So from a, from a truth point of view, if I'm not sharing my ego belief in my identity, if I, if I believe I'm an ego and I share that, I'm strengthening that idea. But if I'm coming, if I want to be healed, then I'm sharing to heal and, and I want to see something, I want to see differently. And it changes the whole dynamic of the conversation, sharing to heal, which becomes strengthened within us and we are healed, you know. So um, let me see. All good teachers realize that only fundamental change will last, but they do not begin at that level. Strengthening motivation for change is their first and foremost goal. It is also their last and final one. And that's so true because once that kicks in, once I know that um, I want to heal, then, you know, Holy Spirit just comes in and pulls me over the finish line. He does the rest once the goal is set. But and and then I remember I'm not that ego. I'm not I'm not that's not who I am. I'm the son of God. And all the traits of the ego must just melt away and disappear because I'm not strengthening the ego by trying to have the story validated within me. You know, so I, I think that at least in my experience, seventy one is really key, although I agree with you, Laurie this whole section, you could pick any paragraph and it has so many nuggets of, of helpful guidance. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was so fundamental, Anna. And thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, dear Thank one. you, Anna. Yeah, really good insight into how to listen to people. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. Especially on motivation. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And so uh, that becomes the perfect segue uh, to the lesson today. (laughs) Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. And I wonder if anyone's given some thought to um, leading our reflection this morning. 
We'd sure appreciate a volunteer. This is Sandra. I can do it. Thank you, Sandra. Okay. Holding Grievances, Lesson 72. Holding Grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. While we have recognized that the ego's plan for salvation is the opposite of God's, we have not yet emphasized that it is an active attack on his plan and a deliberate attempt to destroy it. The ego's fundamental wish is to replace God. In fact, the ego is the physical embodiment of this wish. For it is this wish which seems to surround the mind with a body, keeping it separate and alone and unable to reach other minds except through the body which was made to imprison it. Although the attempt to keep the limitations which a body would impose is obvious here, it is perhaps not so apparent while, sorry, why it is not it is perhaps not so apparent why holding grievances is an attack on god's plan for salvation but let us consider the kinds of things which you are apt to hold grievances for are they not always associated with something a body does we are not dealing here with what the person is on the contrary we are exclusively concerned with what he does in a body. We are doing more than failing to help in freeing him from its limitations. We are actively trying to hold him <clears throat> to it by confusing it with him and judging them as one. Herein is God attacked, for if his son is only a body, so must he be as well. If God is a body, what must his plan for salvation be? What could it be but death? In trying to present himself as the author of life and not of death, he is a liar and a deceiver full of false promises and offering illusions in place of truth. To this carefully prepared arena where angry animals seek for, for prey and mercy cannot enter, the ego comes to save you. God made you a body. Very well. Let us accept this and be glad. As a body, do not let yourself be deprived of what the body offers. Take the little you can get. God gave you nothing. The body is your only savior. It is the death of God and your salvation. This is the universal belief of the world you see. Some hate the body and try to hurt and humiliate it. Others love the body and try to glorify and exalt it. But while it stands at the center of your concept of yourself, you are attacking 
God's plan for salvation and holding your grievances against him and his creation that you may not hear the voice of truth and welcome it as friend. Your chosen Savior takes his place instead. It is your friend. He is your enemy. We will try today to stop these senseless attacks on salvation. We will try to welcome it instead. Your upside-down perception has been ruinous to your peace of mind. You have seen yourself in a body and the truth outside you, locked away from your awareness by the body's limitations. The light of truth is in us, where it was placed by God. It is the body that is outside us and is not our concern. Our goal in the longer practice periods today is to become aware that God's plan for salvation has already been accomplished in us. To achieve this goal, we must replace attack with acceptance. As long as we attack it, we cannot understand what God's plan for us is. We are therefore attacking what we do not recognize. What is salvation, Father? I do not know. Tell me that I may understand. Then we wait in quiet for his answer. We have attacked God's plan for salvation without waiting to hear what it is. We have shouted our grievances so loudly that we have not listened to his voice. We are no longer asking the ego what salvation is and where to find it. We are asking it of truth. Be certain then that the answer will be true because of whom you ask. Whenever you feel your confidence wane and your hope of success flicker and go out, Repeat your question and your request, remembering that you are asking them of an infinite creator of infinity who created you like him. What is salvation, Father? I do not know. Tell me that I may understand. He will answer, be determined to hear. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. Let me accept it instead. What is salvation, Father? Then wait a minute or so in silence, preferably with your eyes closed, and listen for his answer. Take a minute. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. Well, for me, this is the simplest amen. way to say this is, uh, yes, amen, is that if God is in everything I see, and that's the truth, and that's actually another lesson, 
and there's no such thing as a grievance because God is there. It's, it's you know, if I, I've short-circuited the whole creative process by holding a grievance instead of seeing unity in all things. When I can see the unity, and I may not see it initially, that's why I, have, I may have to call in Holy Spirit and then wait for the answer and trust that, that now that I've turned it over, the answer will come. Because God is in it. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, thank you, Sandra. That was lovely. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. That was great. You did a wonderful job. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. I felt that spaciousness. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, good morning, guys. It's Jude. I just love this, these lessons of the Holy Spirit. So simple and elegant. And um, just, you know, and, and, you know, the obviousness of, of, of the lesson today, um, I can't count my blessings and share them as blessings in a, in a generous, generous spiritual attitude with others if I'm complaining, you know, if I'm criticizing, judging, and complaining. And, you know, the first lesson of the Holy Spirit, um, to give all to all. You know, I have all. And, um, you know, it's the karma's going to get me every time. Um I give, I, 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 I give to keep. The, the, the first lesson is the reversal of the way the ego thinks. The ego wants to get. And if it's not getting what it wants, it's complaining. It wants something to be different other than the way it is. And, you know, the recognition for me is that God's will is happening. It's happening faster than my mind can think about it. And any thought I have about it is a judgment or is an interpretation. It may be good or bad or right or wrong, but it's still after the fact. And it's still what I think and not being here and now in the present and with experiencing within it. You know, just um, being at peace with what is. The ego is always at war and in conflict and got an opinion about something. And generally isn't happy about it. <laughs> and um, where was I going with that? The lesson today that 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 is is um, two ways of looking at the world to look at and believe what my body's perceptions tell me, which is in the past. Believing what I think is always about the past my judgments of things based on my experience of things in the past, that I'm not being here and now. And um, if I'm disturbed, there's something wrong because I am misperceiving. I'm misperceiving according to a distorted perception, a personal interpretation that's wrong. I'm glad to admit that I'm wrong. 
the ego doesn't ever want to admit that it's wrong. <laughs> It'd rather fight to the death for its, 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 its decision to be right about something, even though it's in opposition to everything. So this is great stuff unfolding in the text and, you know, beginning at the beginning lessons again and again. Go through them again and again, willingly, with the Holy Spirit to show me the truth, the truth of who and what we are and what God is and how he would have it be. Thank you. I love you. It's great to hear your um, voice, Lana. We missed you. I'm complete. Oh, thank, thank you, Sandra. so sweet. Much, much love, Judy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. I, I think that, true. you know, it, it's inter- Oh, sorry, Charles, go ahead. Do you want to go or can I go? <laughs> Hi. I was just thinking that, uh, you know, it's always going to be, Holy Spirit, I don't have the answer, show me. From now until forever, on our deathbeds, I don't have the answer, show me. Whatever comes in between, we really don't have the answer. And it's very reassuring that the Holy Spirit does. Thank you. Okay, Charles, sorry. Thank you. I, I love you, Cheryl. Time. Awesome, Robert Marie. From time I love your voice, Robert Marie. Oh, yeah. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So good. Lesson, this is Charles here. Lesson 72 uh, really touched me because after what uh, Lana shared about uh, motivation, as far as uh, the, the, per, the the reasons we hold grievances, and to me, I read the lesson 72, holding on to grievances is an attack on God's salvation plan. Uh, to look for those to validate the grievances that I'm holding on to is to look to further tighten my grip on the grievances I hold rather than seeking for that which would be a more loving and acceptable and beautiful way of sharing a love for life. It takes me out of the idea of the need to protest anything with the need to see, to seek the love for life that we can share for all like our brother Martin Luther King and all those who saw the love for life in all mankind. To inspire the love for life, to inspire the joy for being. Um, holding on grievances becomes less and less attractive and less and less need to have justified. So I can see now that holding on to grievances is an attack on God's salvation, plan for salvation, because his plan is for the joy of life, the joy of being, and a shared wonderfulness we have with each other. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Oh, thank you, Charles. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, very helpful. Thank you. I had something kind of uh, 
beautiful happened to me this last week. I was shared. I I don't know. I think that it was in this conversations that we have that I shared that I didn't see my coworkers smiling very much. And then I wanted to uh, have a picture sent to me of these three children hugging each other. And in the background, before I realized that it was there, it was a picture of me looking very, very scowly. <laughs> And I thought, thank you, God, for showing me that, well, what you see in somebody else may be bouncing right back in your face. <laughs> so thank you for letting me share that. Boy, isn't that the truth, Robin Marie? When I'm centered on what I believe, it shows on my face. It, it comes oh, up in my time. voice. I feel it all over. That was beautiful. Thank you. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure was. Yeah. This is Donna, uh, and we are blessed indeed. <clears throat> and I found the most, uh, I found the paragraph that I got the most out of today, 78, to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. And it carried me back to the bottom part of um, paragraph 38, <laughs> back in section uh, 3, I guess. And the last part of it says this, The ego is legion, but the Holy Spirit is one. No darkness abides anywhere in the kingdom. But your part is only to allow no darkness to abide in your own mind. This alignment with light is unlimited because it is alignment with the light of the world. Each of us is the light of the world. And by joining our minds in this light, we proclaim the kingdom of God together as one. To have peace, teach peace to learn it. And what I got from just sifting and listening this morning to everyone read was this little thing. And I guess it's a part of uh, paragraph 81. The quiet mind of the learner lets the Holy Spirit lead in an atmosphere of commitment of will. I am complete. Mm, thank you. Oh, thank you for bringing that in, Donna. That commitment of will. Very thank powerful. You, thank you. Yes, thank you, Donna. Thank you, Thank you. Commitment and motivation go hand in hand. Thank you. Hi, this is Ida. Did we do lesson number 72 today, holding grievances as an attack on God's plan for salvation? That was it, Ida. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Well, that's what I looked at online, and uh, uh, I'm learning that. 
I mean, it's one thing to know the words. I, I know the words. heard the words before many times, but it's quite another to actually know it in your heart and in your lived experience. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Good morning. Thank you. It's Mindy. Hi, everybody. Um, you know, I, there's something that Charles said. Um, he said. He added a word, holding on to grievances. It's an attack on God's plan for salvation. And I think that's a nice acknowledgement that I'm only human, and now grievance is going to come up because <laughs> that's my mind job to make me separate and have reasons to attack. And I had an experience where my mentor said, you have got to watch your mind and stop listening to it. <laughs> and I went, how do I do that? He said, chant God, Christ, Guru, as much as you can to separate yourself from, you know, you don't have time to read a lesson, to separate yourself from, from that ego. And I thought, when I said a prayer, I lit a candle and I said a prayer because I had all kinds of fears and doubts coming from the ego and negative thoughts about my ability to get ready to go to Ann Arbor and get my teeth finally fixed here after a 15-year journey, learning journey. And I was noticing how the thoughts would come up and bodily sensations would come up. And the bodily sensations would come up more so after a negative thought. So I prayed and lit a candle and I asked to be shown thoughts that were not worthy of me, that were of the ego. And I kind of didn't really, I noticed near the end of the day, like, "Mm, I'm still really thinking about negative thoughts. And I did sit down and um, envision myself being on time with ease and envision everything I needed to do to get there. Because my normal self-concept of being late, if I did not correct that, you know, take that ship from going in one direction to another, <clears throat> I know that my subconscious mind would have contrived ways to make me late. So I, I, I just enjoyed myself and, and spent a good portion of the day resting and, and, and getting my mind ready, and it was really great. And then I noticed that I was really starting to get upset because I couldn't find an essential ingredient. And I redoubled my effort to say, please show me. And I had a beautiful friend post a beautiful picture of Mother Mary on Facebook last night. Some of you are lucky enough to have gotten that picture of Mother Mary. And I said, Mother Mary, you've got to help me. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying here. I don't know where my keys are. And I was, you know, just the thoughts were running, running rampant. And I kept hearing my notification bell going off right before I saw the picture. And I saw how many people were commenting on it. I thought, wow. For some reason, I'm hearing the notifications to Facebook, and they're all commenting on this gorgeous picture. Well, I turned my notifications off because it was getting annoying. And um, they still came through. I'm going, what's going on here? And so I sat down, and instead of being annoyed every time I heard it, ding dong, I said, God, what's that about? And the voice said, you asked to know when you were thinking a negative thought. In other words, it's an attack thought. Well, every time you hear a little ding, you have just had a negative thought at that very moment. (laughs) 
okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much. And lo and behold, when I noticed the little ding, I was then brought to the attention that I had just had a negative thought. Now, that's powerful, guys. Willingness is all it takes. And a little miracle, blessing, or grace will take the place of, of the mechanism that we normally listen to and brings us into our right mind. Wow. <laughs> so I got to say, wow. So I'm complete. Thank you. Amen. That was Thank most you. Excellent, Mindy. Thoughts oh, are not yes. worthy of me. I love that. Thank you, Mindy. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Ms. Karen. Um, I'm going to jump in. My grievances are attacking. God's plan for salvation. Um, The lesson really stresses and points out that all grievances stem from a place of body identification. So it's always a perception that I am a body and that the, the external world is separate from me in other bodies. So I'm going to go to the first paragraph, 70. All the separated ones have a basic fear of retaliation and abandonment. This is because they believe in attack and rejection. So this is what they perceive and teach and learn. These insane concepts are clearly the result of their own dissociation and projection. What you teach, you are. Well, separated ones obviously are identified with their bodies. Fear is the basic principle of the ego, which is um, its core belief. Everything is about fear. So, of course, it has retaliation and abandonment. And it believes in attack because it has to defend itself. And it believes in rejection because it's separate and it does, it believes it's alone. Um, the Course is saying that all of these concepts are clearly the result of dissociating from God and projecting this fear onto the world. So I'm going to um, my grievances. My grievances are an attack on God's plan for salvation. God's plan for salvation is that I come to a place where I know who I am, that I am conscious presence of the Christ light, the love, the truth, the mind of God, that I am expansive and spacious, extending God's love. Um, It's not body identification. It's not feeling as though I am a body. It's absolutely something different. And um, I just want to share really quickly that last night I went on YouTube and I'm looking for something to watch. And I came across, I I Googled or searched The Course in Miracles 
And Eckhart Tolle was talking about A Course in Miracles, and I thought, oh, sure, I'll listen to that. I love him. He's great. Different language, same message. And he was saying that, you know, that the Course in Miracles is a really good path for people who are identified with their ego minds, their past, their history, their their, um, thoughts all the ego thoughts, all the stories the ego mind is always weaving and spinning and telling, you know, the story content of it all, as opposed to the conscious, spacious presence of the divine. That's God's plan for our salvation, to come into this place where we're not identified with the ego mind And the ego mind is the only place where you're going to have those grievances. And it all stems from the belief that I think I'm a body. I think I can be rejected. I think I can be attacked. I think I'm separate. And I'm fearful. And all of that is so great, right? (laughs) And I shared this morning on the other call, and um, somebody was breathing on the, wasn't muted and was breathing, and I I just lost my whole train of thought and everything I was about to say. So I said something about it. And then when we got off the call, I felt guilty. And it was like, God, that ego is so tricky. It's right there at every moment. It's it's right there at every moment right now. And that's okay because I just have to have vigilance. I just have to keep practicing vigilance and not identify with it. But at the moment, in the moment, still, it's present. So it's a work in progress. I hope that made sense and complete. Thank you. Thank you, dear one. That made perfect sense, Karen. Mm -hmm. Very resonant. Thank you. Mm -hmm. If I may add, Karen, what what I hear you saying is you expect how you felt and then you feel guilty about how you expressed yourself, your feeling. And to me, the guilt is the ego. The feelings of you felt were just expressions of feelings that arose within you. And your love for your truth and God's salvation, I hear it inside you, is so expansive and wonderful. And there is no shame nor blame and no guilt. And I honor you and all your feelings. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. This is Donna. And indeed, uh, we're a blessing to be among one another. I want to... Thank um, Ida. She blessed me by sending me back to the lesson of day 72, which to me fits uh, well with uh, 78, paragraph 78, to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. And from paragraph 10 in the lesson, I read that, and from that uh, paragraph, this is how I discerned what it was saying to me. The intention of our life is to learn God's intentionality for his creation has already been accomplished. 
I am complete. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. And I want to thank you, Donna, for bringing in paragraph 38, this chapter. It's one of my most precious go-tos when I'm disturbed because it says, the great peace of the kingdom shines in your mind forever, but it must shine outward to make you aware of it. And that was a puzzle to me for a long time must shine outward to make you aware of it. That's like I'm behind my piece. Um, and and it finally became clear, um, shine outward to make you aware of it. It finally became clear to me with this lesson of the Holy Spirit to have peace, 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 to learn it. The quote in 38 is in the uses of projection. The uses of projection. I can either project from misidentified ego or I can project from truth. And I just love, Robin Marie, how you said this is how it will be from time to eternity. I have to ask the truth of everything I think I see. Um, and when I do, I will project with the Holy Spirit because uh, as he makes so clear in this section, I'm going to always be choosing from the between the real and the unreal, the truth and a lie. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say about must shine outward, the great peace of the kingdom shines in your mind forever, but it must shine outward to make you aware of it, is uh, my second go-to anchor when I'm disturbed in my peace. Never forget that what you teach is teaching you. Never forget that what you teach is teaching you. And if I'm teaching, that is to say, demonstrating what I think I am as an ego, that's what I'll learn. But if I teach truth, that is to say, project truth with the mind of the Holy Spirit or truth, my real thoughts, the thoughts I think with God, peace is the natural consequence of that. And um, so bringing those two things together the great peace of the kingdom shines in your mind forever, but it must shine outward to make you aware of it. Therefore, teach peace to learn it. I learn that what I teach is teaching me. And I love that because um, it, it so resonates with um, 
remember we talked before about uh, quantitative quantitative experiences result in a real qualitative shift that was in chapter five certain quantitative experiences that is to say more often that I return to my mind to peace I'll experience a qualitative shift in my mind I like to um, <laughs> I like to remember the time uh, before the call started several years ago I was commiserating with somebody else I said boy you know I I wish I would have two or three days in a row where I could wake up and feel like I'm not an ego and my friend said the same thing and I thought this is what I want I don't want to wake up every morning and feel like an ego in a body I want to wake up remembering the truth of me and the truth of everything and when I do um, I'm going to remember that what I teach is teaching me therefore teach peace to learn it and it turns out uh, the more often I do that the more I experience um, calm on the surface of my mind you know that sensation that you're always on rolling waves up and down up and down um, I more often experience just a calm on the sea of my mind because what I teach is teaching me um, let's see that's one thing I wanted to say and um, that's a reference to paragraph 78 the other thing I wanted to bring up is the experience of this lesson this morning and like every other lesson um, it leads me to create that quiet space uh, where truth can come to me I received in my email this morning the most lovely piece that referred to Teresa Valo's experience uh, as the divine ambush and falling in love with the divine ambusher and um, the piece referred to the luminous darkness which is essentially um, the experience he's inviting me into in this lesson today with the simple invitation I don't know what salvation is father teach me what salvation is I don't know teach me what salvation is I don't know you know so many years I've done that lesson that well of course salvation is innocence and salvation is nothing but salvation from guilt mind goes to rote you know oh yeah I learned that blah 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 and so anyways um, every lesson is an invitation to take that band-aid off what you think you know and enter the luminous darkness isn't that a beautiful phrase luminous darkness it's where I open my mind to release what I don't know in place fill me enter that luminous darkness to the divine ambusher so many so many times father has to catch me off guard you know catch me undefended and when I learn to leave that luminous darkness open I'm open to Holy Spirit I'm open to uh, 
like you said, Mindy, I want to know those thoughts that are not of me, not to know them, but to release them to the luminous darkness. Teach me, Father, because I don't know what salvation is. All he asks is that I come undefended and everything is given, you know. Um, so I wanted to bring that up um, because it's very, very precious to me. Every experience I've ever had of truth has been in that space of luminous darkness where I say, I don't know. Teach me. And that's how it'll be until eternity, Robin Marie, <laughs> in my experience. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up that's really precious to me is in paragraph 79. Um, he says, this is still a pre preliminary step because I don't know yet that having and being are the same. But peace is a positive affirmation of what you want. A step in the direction out of conflict. And positive affirmation is what he means when he says quantitative experiences will lead to a qualitative shift. Everything in the universe, well, let me start with this. Everything that makes the body um, function as efficiently as it does physiologically is a positive feedback loop. This happens, causes this, and this results in positive function or health. And the universe is in a positive feedback loop. When I give up conflict, I'm taking a step in the direction of what I want. And that's what he means by what you teach is teaching you. It puts my mind in that positive feedback loop where I give something and that giving comes right back to me. I teach peace and that peace comes right back to me. I enter the space of love and love comes right back to me. I learn that there's only one mind here. The ego is legion but the Holy Spirit is one. Donna, thank you for bringing that up. And um, I'll talk more in the after call, I think, about my experience with the luminous darkness. I'm complete, and thank you so much for um, entering this space this morning and sharing from this great reading. Everyone, I'm complete. Mm. Thank you, Lori. Oh, that was gorgeous, Lori. Thank you. Mm. I share one more idea, Lori, on the feedback loop. <laughs> I love that. I love that word. The words you use touch me so deeply. The feedback loop of the ego versus the feedback loop of the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Lori. I'll keep that in mind as I work on the lessons and apply myself. Thank you. Thanks, Charles.
I love that saying, this too shall pass. The past is gone, it can touch me not. My choice in the now determines what I give for the, ask for the experience of. Thank you. What a beautiful voice. Thank you. This is Donna. I'm just thinking and listening, and it it and 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 looking at something, and it came to me that all we really do need to learn is to put the our vehicle, this body, our mind, on automatic pilot, and let the true pilot pilot us through the dream and to awaken. I'm complete. Boy, that's for sure, Donna. Thank you. That sort of brings my mind to the automatic pilot. It's really good when you're 500 feet above the air. But when all these details are flying by you and you're really close to the ground, I don't know if automatic work worked that well. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, the vision that came to my mind where higher up you go, the ease and movement and flow and the greater awareness. When you're involved in all the details of life, this ride can get quite bumpy. So, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, now I can't resist. <laughs> well, then this this opens up. Um, you know, Mindy Mindy had said um, that she has to be aware of the thoughts that are not worthy of her, and. Um, and later on, we have a review where every lesson begins with my mind holds only the thoughts I think with God. And when he says in this reading today, he makes such a point of the fact that mind is fundamental. Mind is fundamental. Everything begins in the mind. Everything. And there's thoughts I don't want, and then there's the thoughts I think with God. And when I'm thinking the thoughts I don't want, I'm not really thinking. Um, so long, I remember in Mir- Principles of Miracles, very early on, I think it was six or seven, he says, miracles are natural. And then he says, miracles are everyone's right, but purification is necessary first. And that's another one that puzzled me for the longest time. Um, But he says, in this reading, he says, when you choose this direction and hold it, in paragraph 81, 
take this direction and hold it. You're pushing toward the center of the ego thought system. Those thoughts, those thoughts I don't want. I'm choosing peace and holding it allows me to become aware of those thoughts that are playing in the background of my mind that I don't want. And it's a marvelous thing uh, when the habit is formed of releasing those thoughts I don't want to the thoughts that I'm given. And that marvelous thing is um, I'm able to realize my mind belongs to God, not the ego. Because I've taken this direction and I've held it, those thoughts I don't want instantly become little tiny niggles in, in the middle of my peace, and I'm able to release them. And that's what he meant. I never understood. Miracles are everyone's right, but purification is necessary first. What's to discover is that those little niggling thoughts that disturb my peace, those ones I don't want, um, are allowed to move through me. And I'm no longer depositing the consequences of these thoughts in my subconscious where they come up later as intense emotion that I haven't experienced. You know, thoughts come first, then come emotions. When I'm depositing these thoughts, I don't want to think I'm hanging on to them, but I'm trying to suppress them. I can't move through. I, I can't allow peace to move through me. I'm not open uh, to the thoughts, I think, with God. By purification, it doesn't mean I have to go wash myself or make me something I thought I wasn't or get baptized or uh, somehow um, make myself perfect. He says, you're already perfect. It's the thoughts I don't want that I need to release in order to allow my natural emotion, which is love, to flow through me and peace and joy, uh, all those things that are a consequence of truth um, are no longer trapped within me because the thoughts I didn't want aren't producing emotions that I'm trying to suppress. I become open and I get into that place where I'm not a conflicted mind anymore. Um, so this is a really big lesson of the Holy Spirit. What I teach is teaching me. It allows my mind uh, to remember that it's part of God and I am very holy. Not I, but this mind and heart that already belong to God. I need to let my mind learn that. So uh, he gave me an invitation and I really wanted to um, talk about that. So I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lori, for answering the call. Appreciate that. Thank you, Lori. Now we still have time, my friends, and it, there, there's at least three people. 
that we haven't heard from this morning and would really welcome all voices. Um, so please feel free. This is Donna. I was reminded when you offered to let others speak that everyone blesses all of us when they share what's in their heart and mind. And I was thinking about your, when you were speaking about the thinker, about thinking. And, uh, oh, yes, so the soul, uh, uh, metapsychiatry calls the soul uh, the transcendent observer. So in, in, in listening today and hearing what you said, Lori, uh, the, idea, the, the idea that, yes, our divine beingness can observe all of that seems to be the discord that the ego relishes in and um, can, and we, wherever we are, can still voice some of the ego's trash. And, but the lovely thing is to know that the soul, the Christ in us, the Holy Spirit, our guide, immediately can prompt us in some some language we understand, just just a prompting period, an impulse, that, uh-oh, we have said something that's out of accord with what we are diligently seeking to live. So that that becomes more so automatic that it's almost also automatic pilot, that as soon as we say something, that would agree with the, with the ego, the belief system of the ego, we catch it right away. We don't have to entertain it at all. After we ha- all we do have to acknowledge is say, whoops, <clears throat> and then distract that, that aspect of our mind and return to what really is. I am complete. <clears throat> Thank you, Donna. That was great. Thanks, Donna.
Well, if there's no more, no further shares, um, I think to end this recording this morning uh, with one of my very favorite quotes in light of the fact that peace is a positive affirmation of what you do want, what I do want, and is making the choice for the direction out of conflict. And in light of today's lesson and tomorrow's, I will there be light. I love this quote from chapter 25, The Special Function. Eyes become used to darkness and the light of brilliant days seems painful to eyes grown long accustomed to the dim effects perceived at twilight. They turn away from sunlight and the clarity it brings to what they look upon. Dimness seems better, easier somehow to see and better recognize. Somehow the vague and more obscure seems easier to look upon and less painful to the eyes that then what is wholly clear and unambiguous. Yet this is not what eyes are for. And who can say he prefers the darkness and maintaining wants to see? And here you have it. The power of choice. The determination of what you want. All in one sentence. The wish to see calls down the grace of God upon your eyes and brings the gift of light that makes sight possible. Wish to see calls down the grace of God upon your eyes and brings the gift of light that makes sight possible. And here we have our goal for these 20 lessons. Thank you, everyone, and thank you for joining in our call this morning and sharing your heart and mind. And uh, every voice adds. So grateful. And um, though we end this recording at this point, uh, the call continues uh, because uh, it's such a joy to share with each other. So thank you, everyone.